Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet islandvibes.com Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool Shop.com. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hey, this is Aaron Kaufman from the Gas Monkey Garage, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Rock on, right? Yeah, rock on, right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google TamTalk1340.com, and you can see us live. No, you can't. You know why? Because I'm live in SEMA in Las Vegas. Yes, sir. 2016 SEMA. Well, I'll tell you what, spectacular show. But don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. If you missed any of our past shows, be sure to check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, on our brand new under construction website. Well, hey, Bobby, how you doing? How are things in uh, Florida? I'm doing good here in Florida. How about you out there in Las Vegas? Well, I'll tell you what. We've got great, great weather and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of cars. I mean, I'll tell you what. I'm here at SEMA. I've been walking all over Central Hall and North Hall all day long, just bumping into people. If you go to our Facebook page, you can see some of the people I bumped into. For example, Mr. Helton, Mike Helton, you know, president of NASCAR, bumped into Aaron Kaufman. He's there. Uh, he was hanging out at the Ford booth, Ford. Edsel Ford was there. Uh, Chip Canassi was there. Aaron uh, Hagar uh, been on our show. Let's see who else I bumped into. Reggie Jackson's right around the corner from me. Uh, can't get over to him right now, but he's over there doing uh, some interviews with some people at the uh, Classic Industries uh, GM uh, location. I bumped into uh, just a number of people. But I'll tell you what the most incredible thing is here is the cars. I've been coming here straight for six years. Now, I've been here coming here on and off for 20 years, but the last six years I've been coming here straight since we've been doing the radio show. And i got to tell you, the quality of the bills, the engineering involved in the bills, names like Troy Trepena, the Ring Brothers, Steve Strobe, 
Uh, these are just incredible cars. Tim Strange. These guys are just master builders. Names I've never even heard of and I've never even, I probably can't even pronounce, but there's some incredible cars here. Uh, Brian Fuller's got some motorcycles here. There's some amazing cars here. If you go over to House of Color, okay, John Cosmo, Cos, I can't even pronounce his name right. But anyway, John from uh, House of Colors, he's got an amazing display over there. He's got a car that's done that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of like done in uh, Southern L.A. style, just with uh, just an incredible paint job with incredible finish, with incredible colors, just absolutely outstanding. And just, you know, the cars here are incredible. If you get a chance, you people, my listeners, my favorite listeners, you need to come to SEMA and check this out. It's a B2B deal, which means you got to be business to business in the car business. But if you got a friend that's got a dealer license or a repair license or even a detail license, get him to put you on the list, get your name, get registered, fly out to Vegas. It starts on a Tuesday, goes through Saturday, actually Friday, but the official uh, SEMA show does. On Friday, there's a big Optima Challenge up by the racetrack. On Monday, they're setting up, but there's just all kinds of peripheral shows, parties, cars, all kinds of really groovy stuff going on. This afternoon, for example, at 5.30, Roush is having a special party where they're going to be doing the unveiling of their Roush P51 Mustang, which earlier today at the Ford exhibit, they did an unveiling of the Ford uh, Roush uh, P50, or their uh, new Ford Mustang there. In fact, the Mustang, the Ford Escape, and one other Ford won the SEMA Car of the Year Award, so, and one Dodge, four-door Dodge, so... You know, pretty amazing stuff here. Bobby, do you got one of our guests on the line? Say that again? Do you have one of our guests on the line? Anybody? I'm working on it. You're working on it. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll just keep talking. Now, I happen to be sitting over here in Central Hall, which is the big hall. This is where everybody and anybody, you know, all the who's who hang out. So you've got companies like Airlift. You've got Turbonetics. You've got Tony. You've got uh, Horsepower Tuners. You've got Magnaflow. You've got Brembo. You've got Ferguson Superchargers. You've got Painless Wiring. You've got, and that's just looking around here. You've got Classic Industry, Hemmings is over here. You know, I mean, all kinds of really, really cool stuff. At the other end, you've got, uh, you know, MPs here, and they're the, you know, well-known for Volkswagen. You've got uh, Flowmasters up there with uh, with their um, B&M. I guess they're all under one roof now. And we actually have some guests coming on the show here in a little bit. They're going to talk a little, a little bit about some of the products. I think we got one of our guests on the line. I think we got Tim Strange. Tim, are you B- there? Bob is ready. Oh, Bob, Bob, Bob. Hey, Bob. Yeah, hang on a second here. Let me get on my phone here real quick. We've got Bob on the phone. Bob is Bob Folkstad. Are you there? I'm here. Hey, how you doing? Okay, Bob Folkstad is president and CEO of High Performance Fans and Accessories. I think the company's called GC. Is that what it's called? What does GT stand for? GC Cooling um, actually stands for General Cab. It's the parent company is in Italy, and we manufacture cooling fans and blowers for the OEM and aftermarket. Um, so we're OEM with Mercedes, Volvo. Do some stuff with Ferrari um, and do some stuff in the aftermarket. Okay, so let's assume I live in Florida, not Arizona. Florida, we get a lot of high heat and humidity, and a lot of our car guys, you know, they don't drive their cars in the summertime because they got to complain. Well, I got to run my air conditioning. When I run my air conditioning, my car overheats. So, what do you recommend for those guys? I think that what you need to do is look at your cooling system in a total package, right? So, you have a radiator, you have an air conditioning, you have an engine. You need to figure out how they interact with each other really to solve your problems. So you generally have low-speed problems or high-speed problems, and it's, it's directly related to either the capacity of the cooling system or the airflow through the cooling system. And just because I sell fans doesn't mean that the fan is always going to be the right fix. So you need to look at the shrouding, how the air goes into the radiator, 
and to make sure that you're getting good air through the condenser, the radiator, and you should be able to, with any relatively normal vehicle, be able to cool the system, even in your hot Florida weather. So tell us a little bit about the fans. So you say they're, they're used basically uh, as OEM equipment on, on, on certain cars, Mercedes, and stuff like that. So what sets your fan apart from everybody else? Give us a little background on, 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 on your company and its origin. The motor. Um, our company was founded in 1982. Our specialty is really electric motor design and development. So what we able to do is build fractional horsepower motors. So an electric cooling fan probably has like a third to a half horse maximum. Um, and then package a cooling fan blade and shroud around it to optimize its performance. So what you want to what you want to stay away from is some of the import products where they say it's reversible or can and do some things because the blade design is really critical to the performance of the fan. Um, and then look at the airflow and how much airflow the uh, the fan moves. Like their their rated specifications, there's the aftermarket kind of embellishes a lot on their specifications. So our niche is really knowledge of airflow and knowledge of electric motors, and that allows us to make a, a great product for both the OEM and aftermarket. Tell us a little bit about, you know, because a lot of times I see an old-school hot rod, because most of my listening audience are hot rodders and stuff. So a lot of times you'll see guys that have fans mounted on the front of the radiator, and sometimes you'll see guys that have fans mounted on the rear of the radiator, you know, between the motor and the radiator. So share some ideas or, you know, points why I would want to have a fan that pushes versus a, a fan that, that sucks? Sure. Pulling, pulling air through the radiator, generally speaking, is about 20% more efficient than pushing for a couple reasons. One of the main reasons is when you go down the highway, you have a big fan sitting right in front of your radiator. It's blocking airflow, so you're actually not helping your cooling system. You're hurting the cooling system when you need it most, when you're at highway speeds, when you're actually making more horsepower. Um, and by pulling air, you get more surface area. So as it pulls air through, it's going to grab, let's say the fan was 10 inches in diameter. It'll grab air from, you know, like 13 or 14 inches around it from the front and suck it in and then pull it through the fan. So you, you can cool more surface area when you pull versus push. Um, so if it's at all possible, I would say it would be best to put the fan on the engine side so it pulls through the radiator. Um, and then try to get your air conditioning condenser as close to the radiator as possible so you can pull air through the complete package. Then, to fix highway cooling problems, make sure that the, the air can get funneled through the condenser and radiator or oil cooler, whatever you have in there, and get through. Um, one thing with hot rodders I found, especially in like 32 Fords, 34 Fords, you know, fendered hot rods with hoods, the air can't get out of the engine compartment. So look at how the air, is it going to get stopped? Is it going to cavitate in the, underneath the hood? Because um, that can not only cause engine heating problems, but it can cause fuel heating problems. You get vapor lock and, and other things happen to the motor, which could be detrimental. And the last thing is comfort. Um, you know, if, if that engine compartment gets really hot inside, it starts baking the firewall on your feet and really makes it uncomfortable to drive the car when it gets hot. Most of my uh, listeners are, I would say, 50s, 60s, uh, you know, full-size cars, muscle cars, you know, cars like that. So the what you're talking about here as far as getting the air in, getting the air out, applies to both of them. By the way, I need to back up for a second. I didn't mean to say fan sucks. I should say pulling and pushing. So let me let me correct that a little bit because that sounds yeah. kind of bad. So I apologize for that. But um, And then the other thing you mentioned, too, and you can elaborate on that a little bit, is you use the term cavitate. Well, when I think cavitate, I'm thinking of a propeller and a on a boat cavitating, you know, water. 
you don't really think of a fan cavitating air. So tell us a little bit about that. That's interesting. Works. It works exactly the same way. So if the fan can't bite the air, it's just going to sit there and spin and do nothing. It's not the fan's not going to load up and pull air through. So it's going to cavitate just like the boat. Just like if you had a big horsepower boat and the wrong prop on it, and you whack the throttle on the boat. The motor revs up and the boat really doesn't do anything. The electric fan can do the exact same thing. So. The fan blade design is critical, so you almost want to look at, if any of your uh, listeners are into airplanes or read a little bit about it, most of the fan blades have like a symmetrical airflow, like an airplane wing, and they're designed to create a high and low pressure area on them and actually pull the air through. So when you see these reversible fan blades, they have a semi-symmetrical airflow, kind of like an airplane that would fly upside down, so it's not optimized for either direction, and just by optimizing the airflow, you can gain you know 10 or 20% in the performance. Very interesting. Now, if people want to find out more about your product, how do they go about doing it? You can go to our website, gccooling.com, or call us. We're in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, our phone number is 515-264-8222. But GC Cooling is pretty easy, and you can email us. Uh, my personal email is just bob at gccooling.com. Bob, let me ask you another question. Bob, now, with GC Cooling, do you plan on adding other products to your current product line? We're going to make some better shrouds and and brackets and things to integrate the cooling product in. We're pretty busy with our OEM work. Uh, uh-huh. So we tend to work on the aftermarket stuff to work with radiator manufacturers and build bundles. So they basically have a drop-in cooling system for their car. Um, that seems to be best because they can get the right radiator, the right shroud, the right fan, and then match it with their horsepower. But for sure, if your customers have or listeners have any uh, questions, they can feel free to contact us, and we'll be more than happy to help them out with their problems. Now, one thing I want to emphasize, again, your product primarily is made in Europe, right? So quality control is extremely important, correct? I'm sorry. I had a little noise in the background. Uh, okay. Your product, your fans, cooling fans, are made in Europe, okay, in Italy. So your quality control is, and because it has to meet OEM spec, quality control is a very, very crucial factor in, in the production of your product, right? A- absolutely, 100%. Um, you know, we supply Mercedes, OEM Mercedes is very particular. Um, Volvo on their their Class 8 trucks are the big semis for Europe. Um, our customers are some of the most demanding in our applications, some of the most demanding in the world. So quality and performance are two most important things that we have. And the other thing we have is we have a staff in the U.S. that are full of high riders and car guys that understand the applications, whether it's a John Deere tractor or a ATV or a hot rod car. So having staff that's passionate and cares about the customers and helping them, even if we don't end up selling a fan, we can at least maybe help the customer fix their problems. And we feel that's a crucial and vital part of our business. Excellent. Well, Bob, I want to thank you very much. I wish you guys the best of luck. Definitely want to have you come on the show again sometime and talk because you're a hot rodder. You've been in Bonneville and a bunch of stuff, so you got a real interesting past. And, again, if they want to find out more about it, gc.com, right? Or go ahead and give us the, uh, the email. Info. Cooling.com. GCCooling.com. All right, Bob, will you take yep. care? Enjoy the rest of the show, and uh, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll hook up a little bit later. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Bobby, where are you at? Where are we at right now? Uh, I think we need to listen to a little Jimi Hendrix, don't you? I think we need to listen to a little Jimi Hendrix. That sound like, I think that sounds like a great idea. And then you got one of our other callers coming on in a few minutes? Great. Yes, I will. Okay, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgia Creating Cars. We are live from SEMA. Hey, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And uh, enjoy a little Jimi Hendrix, man. <laughs> She drinks her blood from a jagged edge Drink of it
from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. barbecue ribs at you. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thanks, Tammy. She is actually out here. I haven't seen her yet, but I know she's out here, along with everybody else. Hey, I'm delighted to watch the show. we got a newbie out here tonight. And uh, since we're at SEMO, and since you hot riders are all into uh, cool cars and stuff like that, muscle cars, myself included, I decided to take it by myself to look at some of the products around here now. You know, we're all in old school carburetors. We're all into points, plugs, condensers, and all the other cool stuff. But you know what? The hottest setup going out right now is the EFI systems for, you know, a retro EFI system for all of us that old, you know, like 70 Boss 302s or Trans Ams or 57 Chevrolets or 59 Forge or something like that. So I'm delighted to welcome the show this evening, Adam Lehman from Holly. Now, he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on over there because he is the EFI systems manager. Adam, are you there? I am here. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about, let's assume, let's assume I know nothing about fuel injection, mass airflow systems, and all that other good stuff, and I got this nice old nostalgic 70 Boss 302 Mustang, and I want to go fast, but I'm thinking about fuel injection and maybe even electronic ignition. So tell us what Holly has to offer. Well, we've got a variety of systems at Holly, and the great thing is if you don't know anything about EFI, 
you don't need to know anything about EFI uh, to use some of the systems we have. Um, we've we've developed we've developed uh, a new system we call the Sniper EFI system. Um, it is it is designed to be a simple carburetor bolt-on replacement that um, you know basically you've got four wires to hook up and a high pressure fuel line to hook up and uh, you've got EFI on your car. Um, so we, you know, we've spent a lot of time, uh, you know, we've, we've seen the need for, for simple EFI systems that, that, that are priced, priced low enough that it makes them, uh, makes them attractive to the guys that maybe are kind of getting tired of the carburetor dealing with the issues, hot start issues and, and some of the ethanol fuels that we have nowadays, um, you know, and the, the corrosion that causes and everything. So the sniper system like I said, it's a it's a bolt-on carburetor replacement, so it fits uh, fits any manifold that has a 4150 or a, a square bore type carburetor on it. Um, you can adapt it to a quadrajet manifold um, if you're wanting to replace a quadrajet. Um, and it, it's it's really really simple. You have you have four wires to hook up. Basically, you have a battery positive, battery ground. You have a switch ignition, and then you have an RPM input. To it, so the EFI system knows what RPM the engine is running at. Uh, and for an RPM input, that could be if you have a if you have an original type car with a point style distributor and a canister coil, you have a single wire to hook up to the negative side of the coil, and that's your RPM trigger. Um, if you have a if you have a newer magnetic type distributor, say an MSD, um, this will plug right into an MSD. If you're running a MSD box, you know, MSD 6 or 6AL or anything like that, um, we can use the tax signal from that as an RPM input to Sniper. So makes it really, really easy. What you need to do now, if it's the wiring... Go ahead. Yes. Yep. No, no, I was going to say, go ahead, go ahead. And then, then I want you to get into cost a little bit in terms of economics and mileage and performance and things like that. Yep. Yep, yep. So besides the wiring... Uh, the one thing that you do need is a high-pressure fuel system. We've made that really easy. We have one part number that you can buy that comes with a, a frame-mounted pump, or you can mount it in tank. Uh, we've got a bunch of solutions for that. And all the hose and the fittings and everything you're going to need, uh, bulkhead fitting for a return line to your tank. So you can use your stock tank with this. Um, we have the base Sniper EFI kit. starts at $999, um, and that includes... Everything you're going to need to get your car up and running minus the fuel system. And then the kits with the fuel system we have are 1249. So one part number, 1250 dollars. You've got a complete EFI retrofit for your car. Um, some of the some of the really good things about the system are it's self-learning. So uh, it comes with a wideband oxygen sensor, and if, if people aren't familiar with what a wideband oxygen sensor is, basically that goes in your exhaust pipe and it measures the air-fuel ratio. So since Sniper is electronic, it, it's constantly, it's reading 100 times a second the air-fuel ratio in your pipe, and it's adjusting the fuel accordingly. And on top of that, it self-learns. So it learns, it learns how you drive, it learns your engine, um, it adjusts to altitude. So, you know, if, if, you, if you live in a mountainous area, but you, you travel down to the plains, it, it, it self-compensates, uh, which is really slick. So it, it's, it is the simplest EFI 
conversion on the market that you can do right now, and it just happens to be probably one of the lowest costs. The oxygen sensor. Okay, so the kit, for example, like where would I mount that? Now, typically, you know, they come right off the downpipe on most cars. So where do they retrofit that? And is that something like me as a hobbyist, an average guy with average tools, um, yeah. what do I do? Just drill a hole and throw it in there, or how does that work? Yep, so you need to drill a hole in your exhaust pipe, roughly three-quarters of an inch. It doesn't have to be a precision hole or anything like that. We specifically engineered a stainless steel, a cast stainless steel O2 sensor adapter that um, comes with a gasket. It comes with some really high-quality stainless T-bolt clamps. So you basically you put a hole in, put a hole in your collector or somewhere near the collector, um, and be in the pipe after the collector, and clamp this thing on with the gasket, and you're done. Uh, so you don't need to get the car to a welding shop or muffler shop before you can fire it up. You can do all this in your garage without a welder. And with it being well, that's steel, if you want that's, to weld it on, you can weld it on. Well, so that works out really well then for the average hobbyist, that, you know, the Joe Blow that can just kind of, with, you know, average tools then, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, like the, the whole, the, the entire kit we've aimed towards the hobbyist that probably doesn't have uh, a lot of specialty tools, may not have a welder, you know, just wants to do this in their garage over the weekend and, and that's what we've designed this system to do that's why that's why the electrical connections are a bare minimum um that's why we developed the wideband o2 sensor adapter that's why fuel pressure regulator um we've actually integrated that into the throttle body so you don't have to buy a external fuel pressure regulator and run lines to it, get fittings and all that stuff it's built right in um so we've we tried to we tried to make this as simple as possible. So let's say I start out at entry level and I just have the carburetor on my car. What what will that do for me? So now it'll just kind of improve mileage just a little bit and improve reliability and help me deal with some of the, let's say if I'm running ethanol or like the you know the the hybrid fuel if you want to yeah. use the term. Yeah. And then yep. if I go to the electronic ignition, how much of an improvement over the carburetor by itself? What 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 how do I gain from that? Well, first of all, with just swapping out your carburetor, what you're going to gain is you're going to gain cold starts, hot starts. Uh, those will be greatly improved. Fuel economy, for sure, is better um, because we can more precisely meter the fuel that's going into the engine. Okay. And when you add when you add a electronic distributor into the mix, when you can also control timing with the sniper, which it supports, um, then that'll be up to um, being able to, to really take advantage of of the, the fuel system or the uh, the wideband sensor and in running not running you know kind of having a nice lean cruise uh, to help that fuel economy and also having a nice being able to customize your timing curve uh, during cruise and wide open throttle and a bunch of other situations uh, just opens up a world of possibilities that. You just don't have with a carburetor. And this is all done basically via a device that you have basically on your dash. So it's kind of programmable, correct, as you're going down the road on the yep. fly? Now, let me ask you about this. You've got another system when I was looking at your display because you got a real nice display over there at Holly. Um, I noticed a couple of them had intake manifolds where the injectors were actually in the runners. So what in terms of what do I gain by slapping on the, the four-barrel throttle body bolt-on, which obviously that's the simple aspect of it. Is there any difference in mm -hmm. performance by having the injectors actually in the runners? Well, what, 
what you gain by having the injectors and the runners is more even distribution between all of the cylinders on the engine. Um, okay. When you have a TBI-type system or a carburetor, uh, you're relying on that fuel and air to be mixed in a common plenum and then kind of go uh, let the cylinders draw in what they need. Um, what you run into a lot of times is you have one cylinder stealing fuel or air from another cylinder. Um, when you when you do a port injection, meaning you have an injector in each intake runner manifold, um, you kind of fix a lot of that uh, because you're putting in a precise amount of fuel further down in the runner, and it doesn't really give a chance for the other cylinders to steal it from each other. So um, there's a bit, there's certainly a benefit in fuel economy with it, a slight benefit, but a, a biggie is idle stability sometimes is better with that. Um, wide open throttle performance can be better um, with a multi-port system. But uh, one thing that we spend a lot of time with on the Sniper TBI is fuel distribution. So um, you don't have to... You don't need to go to a port fuel injection system to um, to, to reap the benefits of, of EFI. Okay, so the throttle body, which is what we were talking about earlier, which is basically bolt-on yep. carburetor, okay, has a mass yep. air flow sensor in it, and that works good. And then if I wanted to go to the TPI, which is the you know the two-port injection, okay, which yep. is the injector on the end of each runner just before it goes into the cylinder head, it's it's kind of a preference thing. And like you said, just a little bit more smoother engine, a little bit more stability Correct. overall. So that's, okay, good, good. And the ignition, how significant is going to electronic ignition and the, and, the, and the combination overall? Because it's almost like the modern day cars in a way. So, but it's not exactly the same, correct? Correct. Um, it's, it's really a big deal because uh, you're no longer relying, you no longer have to have a, a custom setup curve, you know, take your distributor out, put it on a distributor machine, dial in the weights, uh, dial in your vacuum advance, all that stuff. Um, with the sniper, when you use it for timing control, all that's done electronically. So we, we have um, in, in the controls, basically when you, when you install this thing and, and set it up for the first time, uh, we ask you a few basic questions about, about your engine. Then we ask you what your, wide open throttle timing should be. And then from that wide open throttle timing you give us, uh, we create a timing map for your engine uh, based on camshaft size and, and cubic inches and things like that. Um, so the user really doesn't have to do much, but the beauty of it is, is if as you get comfortable with the system, as you grow with it, you, you it comes with a really nice, um, very user-friendly color touchscreen and with a couple taps of your finger, you can play around with the timing. I mean, you can you can be cruising down the highway and uh, say, yeah, you know, I wonder if this thing would run a little bit better with two or three degrees more timing in it. Well, you can do that from while you're driving it down the road in about five seconds. Uh, and that's something you can't do with a distributor in the car. So it allows you to kind of real-time, you know, um, drive the car, see how it reacts, um, change something if you want to, and see if it made an improvement or if you went the wrong way. And it, uh, So it's, it's, really, it's really a neat system for, for guys that want to try and get the most out of their engine. And drive a vintage car. That's cool. Adam, yep. if people want to find out more about how the system works, how do they go about doing it? Where do they go? 
go to our website, it's www.holly.com. Okay. And if you want to give out your information, if they want to contact you, can they do that too? Yep, yep, sure can. They can get on, uh, they can get on Holly, and um, either we have a we have a uh, customer feedback tech service area. They can send questions in. We have a EFI forum. They can send questions in to. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of us. We we have we have a team of of trained EFI certified uh, people there that that are there six days a week to to answer any sort of tech questions that guys have, even before they buy a system. Well, I'll tell you what. I have a 79 Ford Bronco that, I put, that I've owned since new that I put a 460 in, and I've been, my carburetor has been throwing fits. So you know what I might have to do? I might have to come down there and talk to you guys, which I will, since I'm going to be here at SEMA for a couple of days. And I'm going to see if I can sit there and work a deal out with you guys to get a system, a prototype system, to just try out my Bronco, the carburetor, the FI system, and the uh, ignition. And... Uh, that might be something cool. I'd like. I'd be interested in trying that because I drive that truck every day. So I uh, look forward to it. Adam, I want to thank you very much for coming on Nostalgic Radio Cars. It's good meeting you here at SEMA. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. One more time, plug Holly, okay? Tell people how they can find out about it. Yep. Best place to go is to www.holly.com and uh, check out the Sniper EFI system and check out uh, everything else we offer, fuel systems, carburetors, distributors, you name it. You got it. All right. Well, very good. Adam? You take care, and I'll see you uh, somewhere around here in SEMA in the next couple of days. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Hey, Bobby, what do we got cooked up next? We got another guest coming on the line. You got some music. What do you get? A commercial? What are you going to do for everybody? Well, you know, since uh, ZZ Top was around Sarasota here pretty recently, I thought we'd listen to their version of Just Got Paid. So, uh, oh, here yeah. It comes. Just here it comes. All right. Super, super, super. Hey, you're tuning in to the Celtic Reading Cars. Don't touch that dial. Here's a little ZZ Top.
you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit SweetIslandVibes.com. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. This is Neil Young. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome back to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Follow us on Facebook at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Twitter at NRC On Air. LinkedIn at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. All that great social media. We're, we're here live at SEMA. Back to Robert. Yeah, we're from Florida. Yeah, I'm actually here. Hey, guys, here. We're tuning in live. We're here at uh, SEMA. And I'm actually standing over here by Classic Industries and uh, Original Equipment here. And uh, I'm looking at a really, really nice 70 Challenger. And uh, this car belongs to Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is actually standing a few feet away from me. And, uh, if, yeah, you can. If The phone number is right there. If you want to call in, 727-441-3000. 727-441-3000. If you want to call in real quick, because we're live, we got a few minutes left on the show. We got 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> real quick. Yeah. Hey guys, I never know. I'm over here and, and I'm looking at Reggie Jackson's. This uh, is live. Challenger. <laughs> this is live, by the way. Yeah, guys. So uh, you never know. I mean, here's the deal with SEMA. You just never know who's calling in, who's going to be on your show, who you're going to run into, because SEMA is the place where everybody and anybody that's uh, who's who they will be calling in. So, uh, Bobby, if, uh, if, if, if Reggie does call in and, and talks on the uh, passion right through, and let's talk a little bit about this beautiful, plum crazy 1970 Challenger Hemi car here, factory four-speed. Beautiful, beautiful car. And uh, I'm taking another look at it. It's got a nice 12 bolt underneath it. Excuse me, 12 bolt. Dana. Dana. I'm thinking Chevrolet because, you know, Reggie has a lot of Chevrolets. Um, okay, hey, uh, I think it's time to introduce our very special guest for the afternoon. We have Reggie Jackson with us. Reggie, are you there? I am here. Well, Reggie, I want to thank you very, very much for coming on our show, taking some time to be with us here at SEMA uh, and on Nostalgic Radio Cars. You got this amazing, like stunning 1970 Challenger here. Tell us a little bit about your car. Are you the same guy I just talked to? Are you? Yes, I'm the same guy you just talked to. Yeah. I thought I got rid of you. No, 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 you didn't get rid of me. I'm over here. I, I was trying to get rid of you. I'm looking to see you now. Don't be scratching my car up or I'm against it. I see you leaning up on the fender. No, that's not me leaning up on the fender. That's the mother guy that looks just like me leaning up on your fender. Oh, okay. Okay. How did you get me on your show? Well, you're on my show. You're live. You're live in the Tampa Bay area. You're on tune into Nostalgic. You're live on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So this is the real deal, real radio, and uh, there's no mistakes about it. Okay. We had a commercial break so, yet? <laughs> no, we're not at a commercial break yet. But uh, what, do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, your Hemi car here? This is a beautiful car. 400 original miles, 398. Now, I've had the car since the 80s. Uh, the old beater. Wow. It just looks like it's about worn out, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's all, all beat up, you know. Why don't you get yeah. a paint job on this thing? I know, it's terrible. 
Yeah. So, well, now you have an you have an amazing collection of cars. You want to tell us about some of the other cars? Oh gosh, I'm getting ready to sell some cars. To be honest with you, and I've been uh-huh. them a little bit on Facebook and on my uh, website. I have an e-commerce site called Reggie's Garage. I've been putting some up there, but uh, I'm going to take some to Bear Jackson. Sell about 25. A lot of uh, untouched, unrestored stuff. Uh, uh, some 61 Corvette, 62 Corvette, 65 Corvette. Uh, fuel injected car, 9,000 miles. Uh, LS6 Chevelle, 1970 black window sticker, built sheet, original invoice, protecto plate, black black, four speed LS6. 450 horse, um, black boss 429. I'm going to sell. It's a beautiful car. I got a boss 302 right now up on my Facebook page. It shows a Marty report, a window sticker, manufacturer statement of origin, red with black guts. Just magnificent. I'm getting old. I need to get rid of some of the stuff. <laughs> so, out of all the cars that you have, I mean, you're a well known Chevy guy. But you've got a very, very eclectic mix of cars. You've got some Fords, amazing Fords, and you've got some uh, Chrysler products, some Mopars. So, uh, which, right. which of all the cars you got, which one's dearest to your heart? I've got a, I've got a Ferrari that I bought about thirty years ago. That's spectacular. Um, was built by Kennedy up in Connecticut in nineteen seventy seventy three. Uh, it's a cut car, which means the roof was cut off, made into a spider. And, and some of those cars are worth like twenty million. So it's a pretty cool deal. And that's really what model? What model is it? It's a two seventy five GTV Nart Spider. Oh, that's a stunning car. The last yep. one sold for twenty seven million. Something like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I got a nice Daytona Coupe out of the Ferrari family. That was owned by Francisco Mira. Uh, Lamont can't break that car. Uh, really cool. Sixteen thousand miles. Uh, they got a uh, Porsche 2002 GT2, the first year they made them. They made like 185, 400 miles. But uh, still love cars. I got an e-commerce site called Reggie's Garage. Go take a look. Some cool stuff there. Well, we'll definitely do that. We'll definitely do that. So how about motorcycles? I understand you have a little few motorcycles laying around. Too many. I got a lot of Too many? Uh, yeah, I got a lot of the little uh, uh, Hondas, you know, little 75s. 125s and stuff like that, and then I've got the, um, the the cafe bikes. I've got an OW01 and an RC30. I've got a, a 400RR uh, Honda and a 400FZRR, um, some Suzuki's and stuff like that, and then a bunch of scramblers, you know, 350, 175, 300s, 250s. Um, just cool stuff, fun stuff. Interesting. Well, now, I will say, can I say this, that I have had the good fortune of being at one of your locations, I will say an undisclosed area because we won't reveal where it was, but I had a chance to look at some of the cars that you talked about, and i got to tell you, you've got a pretty amazing collection of cars. Very, very nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, it's funny because you're talking about, you know, well, you know, I'm getting a little up in age now. You know, I'm thinking about selling some of my cars, but at, at, at your heart, you're still going to keep Probably a very small selection of those cars and probably the cream of the crop. And I'm pretty impressed with the fact that you've got a nice array of Ferraris. And did I understand you correctly? You said you had a Lamborghini Miura as well? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've got a really cool competition Cobra, and I've got an AC, uh, one of the original forerunners of the Cobras. But um, 
I've got a, a really cool Mercedes, a, a really bitchin' 3.5 convertible, chocolate brown, chocolate top, chocolate leather. That's spectacular. Most American guys with two legs, you know, we, we, uh, we love cars. Yeah. But now let me ask you this. Do you, how often do you, do you drive a lot of your cars? Because it seems like a lot of the cars that I saw were absolutely pristine condition. And, uh, you know, I mean, do you get... Uh, what, let me see. Let me look at your cars here. Robert, right? Yes. Everything runs and everything drives. Everything runs everything and everything drives. And that, you know what? That's, that's the best example. You drive them and you enjoy them. That's the most um, important thing. Yeah, I'm here with a buddy today, and we drove up to see him for lunch last week. This this past Sunday. Uh, he lives about 30 miles north up in uh, Santa Cruz. And uh, we drove up there and uh, had breakfast. And I drove a, a spectacular 64 GTO 389 red 4-speed 64-and-a-half car built by Scott Tynan. Uh, original car, 20,000 20, miles. Wow. Wonderful. Really, really cool. Let me ask you a question. Now, most of your cars are fairly stock original looking. Have you ever gotten into any resto mods? Does that appeal to you at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of keep it a little more original looking. I have a spectacular black 55 Chevy with red leather with a convertible, hearts convertible top. With a Tremec five-speed and an aluminum 427 with four-wheel disc brakes, and then I did the engine compartment just like General Motors would, with the original hoses, original clamps, an air cleaner off of a '67 427 car, um, valve original valve covers, chrome, but '67 um, uh, L35, you know, uh, the L35 car 427, and and I just. Like the orange paint on the motor and stuff like that, user hoses and stuff like that. The original '67 wires, the braided line, you know, the braided spark plug wires that are non-resistant, if you will. Um, but I just like the hose clamps and that look. It looks really cool. Wow. Well, Reggie, we're just we're just about up against the clock. I want to thank you very much for coming on. If you want, if people want to find out more about your collection and what you're trying to sell, one more time, tell our listeners how they find out about it. Uh, go to reggiesgarage.com. And uh, take a look around there. You see a bunch of cool parts. Put stuff up there daily now on my uh, Facebook to let people know what's coming for sale. That's excellent. Well, Reggie, thank you very much for coming on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'll stick around here a little bit. i got to kind of close the show out here a little bit. And, uh, again, thank you very much. It's been a long time coming. And uh, you take care, and uh, we'll see you in a little bit here. Hey, listeners, I want to thank uh, our special guest this evening, Reggie Jackson, came on the show with us here at SEMA Live. Talk a little about his car collection and his beautiful Plum Crazy 1970 Challenger four-speed Hemi car and some of his unusual European exotics, his Ferraris and Porsches and stuff like that. Again, guys, i got to tell you, SEMA, SEMA is the place to come. If you get a chance, you got to put this on your bucket list. you got to be here because this is where everything's going on. Tonight, afterwards, they're going to have a big party across the street. That's for the Roush guys. Tomorrow night, there's another big hoopla going on. Thursday, they got the banquet dinner. And... This weekend, or this uh, this Thursday, they're going to have, uh, at the banquet, I think the entertainment is going to be Larry the Cable Guy. And then, of course, Friday is the last day here, and what they're going to do is they're going to have the big parade uh, outside, and then they go all over to the uh, where the Ferris wheel is, and they're going to have Steam Ignited. It's a big closing party, so to speak. A lot of stuff going on over there, a lot of action, a lot of cars, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities. And then Saturday, out at the uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, they're going to have the uh, Optima Challenge out there. And that's kind of like become a ritual around here. Not to mention... We're in Las Vegas. How are we doing there, Bobby? 
We got two minutes. This has been a very entertaining show here from SEMA. If you want to keep keep following the action, uh, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Facebook, and at NRC on air on Twitter. Super. And don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, and tell your friends to tune in every Tuesday night on the Tantalk Radio Network for Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We're going to hear the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. Right, Bobby? That's right. This has been great. Okay, and now this weekend, downtown St. Petersburg on Sunday is the Clearwater St. Pete Yacht Club. And then also, if you're in the Ferrari, since we were talking about Ferraris a little bit, on Saturday at uh, St. Armand Circle down in Sarasota is Ferraris in the Park. So a lot of stuff going on, a lot of car stuff going on. And, uh, hey, we'll be back in town here in a couple of days, and we look forward to doing our show next week, as usual. Same bat channel, same bat time, bat time, that is. beep, 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 beep. Uh, 7 p.m., between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Sound Talk Radio Network. How are we doing there, Bobby? One minute. All right, well, that's it. All right, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.